When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. Middle of the week. It is Wednesday, the 9th of August, 2023. Daniel Pedigree back with you over the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, open line number as usual. You can text 0457 736 736. That's all before Vossi and James Matt. Magnuson being a Wednesday for breakfast in for Brandy for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney for listeners in Queensland. It will be uh, Penn and Hills, Corey Parker filling in at the moment for Hills. Uh, lots to get through this morning. Matty Cox, host of Trade News in Melbourne will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about some of the big issues happening here and also over in Melbourne in AFL world. We'll have a chat also about the Matildas. Uh, with Matty Cox as well. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about half an hour. Now, he was actually out, and we will talk cricket, but he was out at Homebush on Monday night to watch the Matildas win. Uh, So we'll get uh, his thoughts on what an amazing event it was, and we'll also uh, talk a bit of cricket as well. Of course, a lot of talk around the Australian one-day international team at the moment. So we'll have a chat with him and also Matty Cox coming up. But want to hear from you most importantly on this Wednesday morning, one 1170 or you can text 0457 736 736. Off and running Wednesday morning, it's two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. A lot of rugby league news around, a bit of Women's World Cup uh, news we'll get to as well between now and when we have a chat with Maddie Cox. Uh, let's start with this, though. Cronulla legend uh, Wade Graham has announced he will retire from the NRL and bring down the curtain on a stellar 16-year career. So an emotional Graham made the call at a private function in Sydney yesterday among his closest friends, family and both past and present teammates. The former Test, New South Wales State of Origin and highly regarded Sharks co-captain held back tears as he confirmed that he, he will hang up the boots at the end of the 2023 season. And he said, the time has come for me to say this will be my last season in the NRL and for the Sharks. And now the dinner had been organised to celebrate Wade Graham joining an exclusive shortlist of only Cronulla club legends, Paul Gallen and Andrew Eddinghausen, to have played 250 first grade games for the club, which the 32-year-old achieved in the side's win over South Sydney last Saturday night over in Perth. However, Graham said there was no better time among all his greatest supporters to declare that this year would be his last after he made a debut, his debut for Penrith back in 2008 as a 17-year-old. Yeah, you do forget uh, tremendous success at the Cronulla Sharks, Wade Graham, but did start out at the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the entire current Sharks playing and coaching squad were also present, uh, while Graham's close mates, including former Roosters captain Boyd Cordner and Sharks teammate Todd Carney, were also in attendance. 
Uh, one of the most gifted Paul players. Uh, he moved to the Sharks from Penrith in 2011. And we know, of course, he played for New South Wales, played uh, for his country, Australia, and, of course, was a big part of that Sharks premiership win in 2016. So well done to Wade Graham. Uh, this year will be his last year. The Sharks, good win over South Sydney on Saturday night. Still very much in hunt in the hunt for uh, definitely a top eight spot now. And who knows what they might be able to do after that. So well done to Wade Graham, who will and now will play his last game this year at some point. We don't know when that will be. Uh, he will uh, now, second last home game of his career this weekend, lead the Sharks out against the Titans on Friday night. So well done to Wade Graham. If you want to pay tribute to Wade Graham, you can do so. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 He's not a one-club player, as I said. He's played for Penrith, but over 250, well, 250 games for the Cronulla Sharks. One of the very good players of the past 10, 15, 20 years. One of the great players. So feel free to pay tribute to Wade Graham. Feel free to text me in any other club legends. One club player. He's not a one club player, but he may as well be. Uh, no disrespect to his time at Penrith. So one club players as well, if you want to mention some of the great one club players or a player that has basically played all their career at one club. one 1170 or 0457 Now, the ARL Commission and uh, the Players Association are set to kick off another round of Peace Talks today, uh, this morning, as they look to bring to an end Rugby League's civil war. Um, so we, un we understand that the stalemate between both parties was broken after the RLPA uh, Chair Dr Deidre Anderson sent an email to ARL Commission Chair Peter Volandis asking to resume talks over the CBA. It is understood that Volandis and NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo will attend the meeting along with RLPA Chief Executive Clint Newton and one of his board members. Uh, Anderson said yesterday, we proposed to meet from Wednesday this week and dedicate enough time to resolving this, especially given the number and relative complexity of the remaining issues in dispute and their importance to the players. Our priority is getting an agreement done that best protects and respects the players. It is pleasing to know the commission and the NRL are willing to come back to the table. We know they've been at loggerheads for more than a year. So let's hope uh, with this fresh round of talks that will be beginning this morning between the RLPA and the, and the ARL Commission, Peter Volandis, Andrew Abdo, all in there, that we finally get some sort of resolution. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we've been here before where there's been talks, and unfortunately nothing has come of it. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, interesting story on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald this morning as well at seven minutes past five. Uh, club bosses have welcomed a briefing by New South Wales and Queensland officials regarding a push by the state bodies to be granted an additional $15 million in funding from the NRL to help run their competitions. Now, officials yesterday at a high-powered meeting also agreed not to support the idea of a national reserve-grade competition and proposed the State of Origin series should be held over a four-week period with games played on three consecutive Wednesdays. So this included New South Wales Rugby League boss Dave Trodden and Queensland Rugby League counterpart Ben Eichen, and they were joined by 14 of the 17 NRL club bosses at Sydney Olympic Park yesterday uh, with uh, the Cowboys, the Warriors and the Tigers dialing in to the presentation. Uh, so there's a lot to this um, and a lot that 
we don't have enough time to get through. Um, they're not – well, they're – Firstly, the State of Origin Series, the four-week State of Origin Series. So three consecutive Wednesdays, get it done and dusted. I know we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. On this show, I know it's been a big talking point over the State of Origin Series just gone that, yes, the State of Origin Series may well be viewed as the pinnacle of our game by most people. But I do think, and we saw it again this year, that it did get in the way of the NRL season. And... There has to be some sort of change at some point, whether it happens this year or the next few years, how Origin is uh, run and how it is played. And we've had varying different ideas about playing over three different Sundays, stop the competition, still have it over the same sort of period of time, but play it on uh, three Sundays over a six, seven, eight-week period. But they would like it uh, over three consecutive Wednesdays. Your thoughts on that, 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. And they're not going to support the idea of a national reserve grade competition either. They want to be keeping the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup, which I look, I think is smart. Um, I used to cover the New South Wales Cup a lot. Queensland Cup, of course, uh, as well. Very successful, very important to the first grade clubs. So i not against the idea of keeping things as they are. But would you like to see a national reserve grade competition? Would you like the format to change to from what it is now, the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup to something else? Origin on three consecutive Wednesdays. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300-01-1170. Also have your say uh, on Wade Graham if you want to pay tribute to him. And let's hope the NRL and the RL, well, the ARL and the RLPA can get things sorted. Uh, the Matildas are going to be playing France on Saturday afternoon. We'll tell you more about that as well very, very soon. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll have a chat with host of Tradies News in Melbourne, Matty Cox. It is 10 past five Wednesday morning. Matty Cox will join me in just a second. Just uh, one other thing on that uh, National Reserve Grade competition. Not one club was supportive of it. Uh, ben Iken said it was raised, but nobody wants it and there's no merit in it. All it does is narrow the pathways. Uh, so there you go. Your thoughts on that? They also want Origin over three consecutive Wednesdays. Uh, 0457 736 736. We'll get to the Matildas. We'll get to everything else very, very shortly. Your texts and calls 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Now on SEN, on SEN. It's, it's time, time to, to trade, trade towns. And a very good morning to you, part-time. <laughs> well, th- th- see, this week I can't refruit, uh, refruit, I can't even speak. Refruit. Yeah, that, that, yeah, well, yes, uh, I can't say it isn't true. I should have probably just gone uh, with that. How are you, Maddie? Are you well? What does refruit mean? Uh, I meant refute that. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's very early in the morning. You know this. It's, uh, it's a wonder that we can both. Uh, string a sentence together at 5am in the morning, to be honest. So I think we're doing a good job. My listeners will be aware that I didn't do that yesterday. But anyway, we can move on (laughs) from that. Uh, Your neck of the woods played host the other night to one of the more extraordinary moments in Australian Mm. sport to date because we're still going in the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. But the group of 16 the other night, it's only the second time that Australia has progressed beyond this point in a FIFA Women's World Cup. What was it like to be in the city in the anticipation and build-up to this encounter, because I'm going to suggest it's only going to get bigger 
as we get towards the final, which hopefully we will be a part of. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, it, w- it was interesting, Maddie, because I was actually, and I mentioned on my show yesterday, I was coming back from uh, Melbourne. I was on, I think it was like a midday flight, something like that. And I, I noticed um, around the airport, a lot of Matilda's uh, gear, a lot of Australian gear, um, and a lot of people on our plane, uh, f- obviously flying to Sydney, uh, that were heading to the Matilda's game. And it's quite, it quite interesting when we all landed, the um, airline person uh, says, anyone off to the Matilda's game? And I reckon a quarter of the plane was probably saying, yes, I'm going, you know, making a lot of noise. So that atmosphere, and then just as I was making my way around the city, uh, heading home on Monday afternoon, the atmosphere was building. Clearly, you know, the game was at 8.30, so it was a bit later than the average NRL, AFL game but fantastic over again over 75,000 people there Maddie um talk about a public holiday I I just uh, I I saw that on the news last night and I don't know about you Maddie I just don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves we're only in the quarterfinal which is a great achievement Uh, let's hope they can go all the way but I posed the question and you saw yesterday, I'm sure you would have seen the ratings uh, for Channel 7 the other night, uh, not to mention people listening here on SEN, people watching it on Optus Sport as well. Um, Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m., it is going to be massive because you've got to think about it, Matty. You've got not only the people at home, not only the people who will be lucky enough to go to the game in Brisbane. You've also got then the live sites and the pumps and clubs around Australia that are going to be absolutely packed on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to be in one of them. I'm heading to an NRL game after that. And I actually put on Twitter that I think, and I don't know what the AFL schedule is, Maddie, but the Roosters play at Arlington Stadium at 7.30 on Saturday night. If I was them, I'd be very tempted to put it on the big screen beforehand to save the idea of people having to make the choice because I know... Uh, what one is going to win out for most people, and that's going to be the Matildas. Yeah, well, we've got an interesting conundrum in the AFL because 4.35 Saturday mm. afternoon at the Gabba Brisbane take Ooh. on Adelaide, <laughs> which in itself, if you look at it purely from an AFL perspective, that has outcomes for our top four and our top eight. We'll get to that in a moment. But that in itself is an interesting time slot. Of course, you can't predict where the quarterfinals are, are going to, to land no. as far out as when the, the fixtures were sorted. But yes, it'll be interesting to see how many do indeed turn up to the Gabba. But I'm finding it hard now, Dan. Mm. I know I'm the greatest Moz in the world. Everyone knows that that listens to me. I'm finding it hard to keep the lid on. Yes. I'm finding it incredibly hard. And I know that we haven't had... I mean, the last couple of games have, have given us an indication of what our potential is, but mm. I, I still don't think we've put an entire game together just no. yet. We're coming up against France, who we beat in the, the mm. friendly prize of the World Cup here in Melbourne, but I don't know whether you can reflect on that match as what we can expect this time around, because there's there's a bit more pressure on the line. Uh, a lot of pressure. Quarter final, uh, the eyes of Australia watching. Uh, what about when Sam Kerr came on the field? Uh, the I don't know if you've seen the videos on social media over the past 24 or so hours. Uh, the noise in the stadium was just amazing. I, I'm jealous of anyone that managed to go on uh, Monday night. I'm very jealous of anyone going on Saturday night. 
uh, in Brisbane. It is hard to contain the excitement. Um, and there are people that know the game a lot better than you and I saying that the Matildas are a real chance to win this. And I, I think maybe a part of that, not only because they've been playing well, but some of the other favourites pre-tournament are already out of the tournament. There's still some very good teams clearly still there. It is, look, it's very hard to contain the excitement. And I suppose you've got to think, what's it going to do for women's sport, women's soccer in the next 10, 15, 20 years? Because the crowds there have just been amazing to see. And not just at Australian games either. We were having this discussion yesterday morning about how pretty much every game across the tournament you haven't been able to get a ticket to Mm. if you've left your run a little late. Mm. They've been packed houses pretty much from the word go and in all sorts of time slots. Mm. As you alluded, we we had a game here last night. I think, what time did it kick off? I think it was about uh, 6 o'clock local. And then there was a game at 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time in Adelaide last night as well. And they're still packing out. So It's it's an extraordinary. Jared Waitley's got the best way of describing it. I think it's got that Olympic kind of feel mm. to it. That's the that's the kind of presence that this tournament is having on the Australian public. And I think we mentioned the other week as well. What midday it was in Sydney, very early on in the competition. We um, I think on a Tuesday afternoon there was twenty five thirty thousand at the Sydney Football Stadium. It is it's amazing. I I cannot wait for Saturday. It's such a big day for Australia and then. And just imagine if they could get through, and it is quite likely, let's see what happens, but quite likely uh, they could be meeting England in the semi-final, who they beat earlier on in the year as well. Anyway, a long way before that happens. England have to win, Australia have to win, but it's very, very exciting. Are you, I imagine you'll be watching Saturday night. I think I will be. Will I be think I will be. Good. I think uh, along with that, or if I'm not watching, I'm listening to it right here of on course. ECN because yes. we've, we'll have every game, particularly exactly. now, yes. uh, going forward. You'll be able to hear it right here on uh, SEN. Well which, done. Uh, it's a tantalising mm. prospect what we could be achieving, but very exciting. The old cliche: take it one game at a time. Yes. Now, speaking of well, one game at a time. Some retirements in the AFL. Yes, we've had a. Interesting category. I mentioned off the top, it's almost like the stereotype categories that we had three retirements in yesterday. Well, I'll start with Ben Cunnington because he is a player that you may be aware of his story. So he's played so far or will play um, 238 games all up after Mm. he will play a farewell game this week against Essendon at Marvel Stadium. But the biggest story here for Ben Cunnington, not only because he's been with North Melbourne in the latter part of his career through some really troubling times, but also personally he's gone through cancer and returned inspirationally from treatment at the end of last season. The battle that he's going through, there were some photos going around of pre-season early last year and to see the transformation and for him to return to the elite level was absolutely inspiring. And he announced his retirement yesterday. So I've put that into the inspirational mm. club grape, which no doubt you could resonate with players that have retired in that category. But the other two that we had yesterday, we had a, what I'm calling a, a club star, a club champion, Luke Shuey, the former West Coast Eagles captain, or in fact, he's the current West Coast Eagles uh, captain. He's going to call time. He was the 2018 Norm Smith medalist, which was the best on ground in our grand final. Uh, And he joins Shannon Hearn calling time at the end of this season from a West Coast perspective. So he falls into the the club 
champion, the club star category, probably not the A-grade elite-level footballer competition-wide. Maybe in his heyday, he would have been pushing into that category, but um, in the more recent times, he's been battling with injury, but still a significant part of the West Coast Eagles. And then you've got this, which I think would be, you'd be able to resonate mm. with as well. A 32-year-old ruckman mm. who's spent 13 years in the AFL system. He's played... 18 games this year, which is the most that he's ever played in any season. Only 79 games. He's played at three clubs, Greater Western, Sydney, Carlton and Essendon. It's an extraordinary story of the journeyman. And no doubt you'd you'd have some stories about players who would be in a similar position, who were always on the fringe at their first two clubs. And even at this second club, he's not the number one nominated Ruckman, but even this year, he's come in and played his role. So three categories, three different retirements. As That season is into full swing as we start to draw a curtain on 2023. Yeah, and that on the back of the news today in the NRL world that uh, Wade Graham, a Cronulla Sharks, great and great of the game, uh, retiring at the end of this year after 16 seasons. It's interesting, yes, there's been a lot of NRL players, uh, past and present, and that have floated from club to club, but there has been some, not all of them lucky enough to do this, but there has been some that may have landed at their second, third, fourth club that have actually then been lucky enough to be at the right time, the right place, obviously with some talent as well, and go on to win a competition. So it's interesting, those players, you get those players that basically, uh, it doesn't happen as much these days, stay at the one club. And then you get the players that float around um, and then you sort of get those in-between players that only play at one or two clubs. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, how fast. Just by the way, you're saying the season's coming to an end. How fast has this season gone? It's flown by. <laughs> I can't believe we're almost at mid-August. I know. It's, it's extraordinary. Scary. And for us, it's incredibly mm. entertaining as well. Yeah. But now the, the teams that are located in your catchment, New South mm. Wales and Queensland, yes. unfortunately it's it's done now for the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. So the, the mathematical chance, you can pretty much put a line through their season. Mm. But after your derby on the weekend, yeah. Sydney are still alive. And it, you think back, they've got the extra two points courtesy of the draw that they had with Geelong about a month ago. You think back... If that had gone their way, or had it not gone their way, they would have been in a completely different situation. But they're mm. still fighting. The Giants lost their first game in a while on the weekend, but still sit inside at the top eight. So we've still got that log jam. But then at the pointy end of town, mm. after the weekend, Collingwood lost. Mm. Brisbane just scraped over the line against a poorly performing Fremantle team. Port Adelaide lost their fourth game in a row. Mm. Melbourne one, they, they're currently in second, or they jumped up into second, courtesy of the, the results on the weekend. So while the top four have separated themselves from the, the mid-tier of the table for us, mm. there's still a lot of moving and shaking that can go on, which makes things incredibly interesting as we enter the final couple of games of the season. Is it a similar situation in the NRL? Yeah, and you'll be surprised seeing that I was in Melbourne this weekend. I actually caught a lot more AFL than I usually do. <laughs> it was on everywhere, which is great you, to see. You should have given the analysis of that then. I, I could have. It would have been very poor, though. Uh, uh, look, the NRL is very interesting as well. We've got four rounds to go. Now, you obviously have the teams um, that are going to be cemented in the top eight, like uh, Brisbane Broncos, like a Penrith Panthers. Uh, they lead the way. 
Uh, and then you have teams like uh, the Warriors, who will be there, and the Storm, who are playing well, although uh, they did lose last Friday night to the Penrith Panthers, who are most likely there. But then you've got a really interesting uh, last part of the top eight. So you've got Canberra, who are on 30 points, which is the same number of points as the Storm, Maddie, but their for and against is woeful. It is minus 74. That is by far and away the worst in the top eight. So they need to keep winning to keep their place in the top eight to make sure of it. And then you've got the Sharks on 28, the Knights on 27, the Rabbitohs on 26. But then, Matty, just outside of the top eight, you've got the Eels last year's grand finalists on 26, the Cowboys on 26, the Seagulls on 25, and the only other team that can realistically make it is the Roosters on 24. It is that close. Um, and even the uh, the 12th place Roosters over the next few weeks, all games in Sydney, they play the Dolphins, who you can probably put a line through now after their loss last week. The Eels could be a crucial game next week. They then play the Tigers, who are running last, and then they have a very big game. Potentially, it's always a big game, but we'll see what happens against South Sydney. So, yeah, it's a very, very interesting run to the top eight. You just don't know who's going to come into the top eight and then go out of the top eight for, on a week-to-week basis. It changes on a week-to-week basis at the moment. And it almost creates a mini-elimination final. I feel like we've been using that phrase mm. for the last month for mm. most games that have ramifications for our top eight in the AFL. It's mm. It's been an extraordinary season competitively for both competitions because I remember when the NRL season kicked off, we were having a conversation about how how tight things were and how close things are and yes there's the occasional drubbing that we encounter Mm. along the journey but overall both of our competitions are flying as we head towards what's our last day in September the Mm. uh, the grand final yeah and can I just ask you something before uh, we part ways sadly uh, Maddie for this week but we'll of course talk again next week Uh, what's happened to your pre-match entertainment of course last year you had Robbie Williams and on the back of that I brought tickets to see Robbie Williams. Still haven't seen him yet, by the way. He's still three months away from actually seeing him, but I'll be counting down the days. It's only been about a 1,000 so far. Now, you were going to get Crowded House, but they've pulled out, and then there were rumours that they were going to be doing the NRL Grand Final. What's going on? What's happened? All, all, all I know is you'll be taking a week off when you go to see Robbie Williams. Actually, you'll need to prepare. And... I, I, actually, you know what? I actually am having that week off. <laughs> I, I, anyway, yes. Oh. Yeah. Just when yeah. I was about to part, uh, park the part-time That's not uh, until, nickname. That is not until November, though, to be fair. So it's a few months away. To uh, be honest, yes. I can't answer that question ah, for you because this bobbed up on the radar earlier in the week. I had mm. no idea that Crowded House were in consideration for mm. performing. I think the, the report suggested that they were locked in to do the halftime entertainment for us. So they must have still they're either working on or they must have locked away a, a Big name act for the pre-match entertainment, mm. but um, kind of disappointing when that news. Not that I knew that they were in contention to be able to perform, but hearing that they won't be performing, it's a, it's a bit disappointing. I love a bit of crowded house music. There's been references to potentially Kiss performing yes. at the grand final yes. now as well. Who knows? Who knows? Generally, we don't hear about these things until. Once the home and away season has concluded and the AFL officially confirms it all, so there'll be rumours and whispers. But if I find out that your mob's stolen crowded house mm-hmm. off us, 
I don't think we will be chatting on a Wednesday no. morning going forward. I saw Credit House many years ago. Very good. But, it, you know, it is funny that there are a lot of people that couldn't care less about pre-match entertainment. That They'd be happy if there was none at all and they just get on, got on with the game. Yeah. Are you I'll one of them? To, no, well, I think uh, from a AFL perspective, because we've had the, the best ever last year yeah. in Robbie Williams, we yeah. can park it now. Yeah. We don't exactly. need it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, with tongue firmly yes. inside of yes. uh, the cheek. Mm. What's your favourite crowded house tune before I let uh, you go? Great. Something so strong. Don't dream it's over. Weather with you. There's just so many of them, isn't there? Yeah. Fall yeah. at your feet. I'll add to that list yes. as well. Good, like, yes. Good song. Don't mind that. Mm. Uh, sitting around a fire and yes. enjoying a couple of quiet ones. Very nice, very nice. Well, Maddie, it has been an absolute pleasure as always, and I already am counting down the minutes until next Wednesday. No, I don't think you are. But anyway, <laughs> enjoy the week, and fingers crossed for the Matildas that yes. we haven't mozzed them this morning. No, let's hope we're talking about them this time next week. Thanks, Maddie. Have a good one. Yeah, Maddie Cox, uh, their host of Tradies Juice in Melbourne. Just your thoughts on uh, pre-match entertainment before we take a break. Going to chat to Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast on the other side. Um, it is interesting, um, Kiss being mentioned at, for AFL. I know Vossi was on uh, the bandwagon for getting them for the NRL grand final. Who would be, what would be your perfect pre-match entertainment? Or you, one of those ones that I just mentioned to Maddie that couldn't care less. You wouldn't. Be bothered if we just had the start of the game, basically, and not much build-up. Do you like pre-match entertainment? Who would be your ultimate pre-match entertainment? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Thoughts on Origin being played on consecutive Wednesdays? There is a push from that uh, from club bosses and also from the New South Wales and Queensland Rugby League. Would you like to see that? You can pay tribute to Wade Graham, and you can talk about the football as well, as in the Matildas. Where are you going to be watching on Saturday? Are you excited? Are you going to go to the game if you're listing in Brisbane? one 1170 or 457 736 736 to your text. And Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. And on the other side of this, it is 26 to 6. It's 22 to 6. We're going to have a chat with Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in just a sec. Just before that, a text from Aaron quite long, but I want to give it uh, just a minute uh, to get to. He says, morning re-origin. Suspend the men's comp for four weeks. Three origins played on consecutive Friday nights. Three Pacific origins played on consecutive Thursday nights. And one Australia versus combined Pacific team on Friday night of the fourth week. Women's WNRL competition uh, commences at the same time to fill out the weekend commitments with broadcasters and football diehards. Better following for the women's game with no uh, alternative for fans to get their fix. Better condition for players with a rest period in the season. Builds better base following for the women's game when the men starts back up and they coexist and gives an inclusive solution for all members of the NRL to participate in representative honours. Your thoughts? That one from Aaron. A lot of thought gone into that. Thank you, Aaron. Look, I, I don't mind that. I think Something has to change. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago at the end of the Origin series just gone. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, similar to that, I wouldn't mind seeing three weekends in a row where we get, the obviously, the state of Origins. Now, whether that be Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, it would more than likely be on a Sunday night, but wherever that lands, that lands. And away from that, we also have three of the women's state of origins. Uh, they play two this year. They go up to three and three Pacific test matches. Make it a series over the course of three weekends. Then you've got enough football that you would fill uh, the commitments as well to the broadcasters. 
Oh, that is the way I would go. I don't mind your idea, Aaron, as well, but I would go similar, but three set of origins, back-to-back weeks on a Sunday or Friday, whenever you want to put it, the Pacific Test probably on the Saturday, and then the women's origin on another day as well. I think that is probably the best way to do it. Your thoughts, though, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Time to do this. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And on the line is Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dan. How are you going? I'm very well. Now, we will get to cricket in just a second, uh, but I want to talk to you about Monday night. You were lucky enough to be out there at Stadium Australia watching uh, the Matildas win, get through to the quarterfinals. Uh from someone who's not been able to go to a World Cup match, what was it like? What was the experience like? What was the atmosphere like? Uh, it was joyous. It was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. 75,000 very happy people. And, you know, you just can't beat the moment when an Australian team scores a goal in a World Cup match. And you just get this feeling of unity with everyone. There's just this euphoria. Um, even the most reserved people are up just screaming. My daughter was standing on her seat. Um, it was just, um, it was just special, just special. And, mm. uh, and then the, the, the moment when Sam Kerr came on as well, that, yeah. that was, um, uh, I knew that would be big, but it was even bigger than, um, I expected. I'm a real kind of sucker for being in the presence of, of greatness. And it had that sort of, sort of Tiger Woods sort of feeling of, wow, this is, um, you're seeing the best in the world come out here. And the, and the reception the crowd gave her was almost as big, if not as big, as, as the, the sound they made when the two goals were scored. And um, it was just a privilege to be there. And um, um... Oh, just seemingly lost Paul there. We'll uh, get him back in a moment. 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. Yes, for anyone that did go out on uh, Monday night. Anyone, I'd love to hear from anyone that is going on uh, Saturday night as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457 736 736. What we might do is we might take a break, get Paul Dennett back uh, and we'll continue our chat with him in just a second. It is 18 minutes to six. Problem solved on our end. Let's go straight back to Paul Dennett at 13 to 6. Paul, you were just saying what a great atmosphere, what a great honour it was to be there the other night. Yes, and if Australia win the, uh, the quarterfinal and so do England, it'll be Australia-England in the semi at the same venue. And I think that 160 years of sport between the two countries, it may well be the biggest occasion. Um, and, yeah. The 4 million that watched the Rugby World Cup in 2003 could be um, under threat given the, the enormous TV ratings. So, and maybe even Cathy Freeman's 8 million that watched, um, given this one had 3.5 million. Um, so, yeah, I'm all, all, all in. Um, it's absolutely superb. And, of course, England, uh, Australia mentioned earlier, the Matildas beat England uh, earlier on in the year. Anyway, let's get through the quarterfinal first. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, Saturday night or Saturday early evening going to be uh, huge. Uh, Now, let's talk to you about the cricket because the Ashes over and done with last week. But now we're into one-day mode. Uh, Some interesting choices. Let's start with Mitch Marsh being named captain of the one-day squad. Uh, I thought that... Uh, came as a bit of a surprise, uh, at least for maybe the casual cricket viewer. What did you make of it? So Mitch Marsh is the captain of the T20 squad. T20, which, um, sorry, yep. be playing, Yeah, in South Africa. Um, and, and Cummins will be still captain mm. of the 50 others. But 
I think it's really nice. Um, you know, uh, I was listening to Jared Waitley's interview with him on SEN, mm. and he's just such a nice, um, self-deprecating guy. And he's also he's been there and done that. He's had the the knocks. He was talking jokingly about several times. He's thought about putting his um, baggy green in a sort of a memorabilia case at home, knowing he's never going to need it again. And then. Mm. Here he is back in the test side, and he just seems, I mean, to be fair, there aren't that many uh, easy choices because, you know, they could have gone back to Warner or Smith, mm. and it just doesn't seem right. I think that the next generation, he's, he's going to be 32 soon. He's probably at the ideal time. And I just instinctively think he's a really good choice. I think we sometimes overplay the significance of the captain, but the crazy thing is with cricket, there's a World Cup all the time, that we've got this World Cup yeah. coming up, the 50 overs in October. We've got the next... Um, T20 World Cup in June um, mm. next year in the United in the mm. United States and the West yes. Indies. So that'll come around soon enough, and it looks like Mitch Marsh will be leading us. And yeah, I'm I'm very happy about that. And I thought one of the real feel good stories of the Ashes. Then there is a lot to talk about out of the Ashes, but was Mitch Marsh's performance, especially in that uh, Test match when he made his returnees. Uh, he's been under a lot of pressure for many years from the Australian public. He's even referenced that himself in uh, interviews in the past. So I thought it was great to see him now. Great to see him being named captain of one of our national sides. Absolutely. And yes, he has been uh, much maligned. And to be fair, his test record still is quite modest. But I don't think anyone's ever disliked him as a bloke. Not that I know him. He's just, he just <laughs> seems like a, a likeable guy. Mm. And the celebrations of his, um, they showed his dad, Jeff, and... Um, uh, his brother, Sean, who are, I think they're in Singapore or somewhere, they showed the celebrations of them watching on TV and um, I think it was Sean's birthday. It was, a, it was a great moment when he got the 100 scintillating performance, 118 off 118 balls. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about what he's going to do over the next couple of years. Just while we're on T20 cricket, a bit of news this morning around Steve Smith, uh, potentially, it looks like he is going to be used as an opener. Uh, that's a well, not... A totally a new thing for him because it did happen in Big Bash Cricket. He did very well. I think it was last season. But what do you make of him potentially opening for Australia in T20 cricket? Do you like the idea? I've got two hats on that one. And the, and the mm. first is he, he did play a couple of scintillating innings for mm. the, um, the Sydney Sixers. And um, I always like having Steve Smith in the squad because if you have a pitch where it's dodgy and maybe 140 is a winning score, then, um, uh, you know, you're talking T20, then, then he's a real, um, uh, his class can see you through. Uh, the other side of things is I think in, in T20 cricket, the, you want your openers to be your most aggressive players because everyone wants to open. You've got the field up and I sometimes think, oh, I'd love to see them go really left field, play a bit of baseball as it were, and open up with um, Maxwell and David and say, listen, you guys can score plenty of runs when the field's back. See how you go when there's only... Um, two fielders outside the circle and give them the most opportunity to score the most runs. Um, but given they're not going to do that, um, I'm actually, yeah, I, I think on the whole, I'm happy with it. Yeah, going to be very, very interesting. Now from that one day squad, Manish Labuschagne left out. Uh, that's probably the biggest headline. There's a couple of boulders in there as well, but Manish left out of that one day side. Yeah, it is a bit of a shock mm. um, because this is, it's an 18-man squad that is going to be pruned back to 15 because that's as, as many as you can have for the World Cup that is in India starting in October. And mm. I just think they thought, well, realistically, um, he's not he's not going to make that um, top 15, so let's make the call now. Mm. He's a bit unlucky. I was looking at his record. He's um, averaging 31 at a strike rate of 83. Uh, 30 years ago, that would be class, you know, best in the world status, mm. but the game's changed a fair bit since then. And it's about a power-hitting game these days, and it's getting closer and closer to T20 and the way it's played, especially in India. 
And as I was saying before, if you need a, a classy innings on, on a difficult pitch, well, we've got Smith in the side already. Um, so I just think, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Labuschagne, but I think this is probably, um, unfortunately, the right call. Yeah, do, do you see him fighting his way back into the team at some stage? He's still got a long part of his career to go, one would think. You'd never write him off. Mm. Um, they, do, they do look very much ahead for, for World Cups. Um, and, and four years' time, he'll still be young enough. Um, so I, I wouldn't write him off, but I think that in order to do so, he's got to start clearing the fence um, a little bit more, mm. which, um, you know, he's, he's that kind of player that he certainly could do it. So, um, you know, yeah, you mentioned a couple of the bolters as well, but Tanvir mm. Sanger, I think, is a really interesting one. Um, the leg spinner, um, you know, probably Zampa and Agar will end up being the, the two who make the, the squad. Agar's um, got a little bit of a, an injury at the moment, but Sanger gives us a point of difference uh, in 50-over cricket. He can spin the ball both ways. Um, he's an exciting um, inclusion. And Aaron Hardy from Western Australia, who's um, got a phenomenal first-class record, uh, really good batting average and can bowl as well. Um, and all, everyone seems to be coming out of the West these days. So um, I'm pretty excited about him being in the side too. And Nathan Ellis, I'm glad that they've um, uh, persisted with him in both squads. I hope he makes it to, to the World Cup. He just seems a really clever white ball bowler. Yeah, cannot wait for more cricket to get underway. Just really quickly, have you caught up in sleep since the Ashes ended, what was it, last week? Uh, yeah, I have, but then I ruined it by um, Monday night getting home. I mean, yes. actually got home at midnight, which wasn't mm. too bad. I was, I was thinking if there's going to be extra time and penalty shootout. And um, uh, to, to be fair to Stadium Australia, we got out of there quicker than I thought. But I was, I was budgeting on a 2 a.m. Um, finish. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all back apart from that. Very good. Very good. Paul, great stuff. We'll chat again next week. Update you on the latest on the cricket news. And let's hope we're still talking about the Matildas as well. Have a great Wednesday, mate. You too, mate. See ya. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will be back with me next week as we get towards more cricket being played. And, of course, the summer of cricket, not too far away either in Australia. All going very quickly uh, this year. Uh, now, the football last night. Colombia won, defeated Jamaica nil and France 4-0 over Morocco, which means France will play Australia. So the quarterfinals look like this. Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, take note of this, 11 a.m. very early. Spain will take on the Netherlands. That'll be followed at 5.30 on Friday uh, with Japan playing Sweden. Then on Saturday, we know what's going to be happening at 5 o'clock. Australia up against France. Then at 8.30, England will take on Colombia. So they are your quarterfinals. The semifinals will be on Tuesday and Wednesday. If Australia do play, uh, it will be on Wednesday. So interesting times. We'll see what happens there. A, t a text here from Brisbane Eel as we wrap things up. He says, morning, Dan. Have been to two World Cup games at Brisbane Stadium, but tickets are scarce this week. Yes, I can imagine they are. I'm asking you, Vossi, Brandy, the Missile, uh, and the boys up in Brisbane to encourage all Australians this week to go on a cross-on ban as a sign of solidarity. Thank you, Brisbane Eel. And Yeovil Truman uh, says, hi, Dan. I see Port McCartney is touring Australia this year. That would be a big headline act for the NRL Grand Final. Yes, it certainly would be. Good suggestion, Yeovil Treeman. Thank you for your company. Coming up in Queensland on The Breakfast Show, Dane Zorko, Luke Hodge, Pete Bedell, all special guests. Uh, in Sydney with Volsey and the Missile, James Magnuson, Cole Chalmers, one of the special guests, and David Riccio and Michelle Bishop. We'll cross to America tomorrow morning. I'll see you from 5am. News, then breakfast. Have a great Wednesday.